Hello, hello everyone. Hi there. My name is Joy and I'm coming to you today as your local emo Kenyan history buff and also your favorite hyperactive queen. Here to encourage you to start creating, start dreaming, and start loving yourself for yourself. Because this white supremacist ass world is not going to do it for you. And this is Gloria, your friendly neighbor at Virgo, reminding you not to be too hard on yourself and not to let your perfectionism get in the way of your own glow. Hello, and welcome back to Joy and Glow, the podcast. Um, we are here. We are, we are glad to be here as I sit here and look at the leaves falling from my tree. <laughs> uh, I'm taking you here. I'm bringing you here with me. Um, it's just been an interesting fall season. Um, a lot of things have happened. The year is wrapping up. Um, don't know if that's just like a colonial thing and us just like, you know, like subscribing to the time restrictions, but it definitely feels like things are wrapping up. So we're here to, to give you guys a little wrap up episode. So talk about what's been going on lately. Talk about some things that we've been sort of dealing with, um, in our own journeys and groves, um, and speaking about groves. Um, if you don't know, <laughs> Summer Walker um, is an amazing artist. Listen to her music. Um, she is pregnant uh, with child. Uh, she is expecting. Um, and this news just came to me and I was very happy about it. So I wanted to share and we want to start off this episode with that great news. Um, also coupled with the news that Fantasia, Fantasia, Fantasia. Uh, who has been with us from the very beginning um, is also having a baby and expecting. Um, just thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm so happy for them. Aren't you? I, <laughs> I just hope Summer Walker doesn't start blending up fruit and giving it to her newborn. <laughs> but other than that, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Um, I just think it's yeah, babies are just great and I love them. They smell good. <laughs> um yeah, so I'm really happy about that, but lots of other things are happening. Um lots of other births is what I guess I could say. Um recently there's not recently there's been lots of attention drawn to the birth of the NSARS movement in Nigeria. And I mean, I think for me, this is very great. This is very empowering. Um, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that the SARS movement brings to light that like the fight against colonialism is like a fight against capitalism and neoliberal structures. So I'm just gonna give y'all a quote to kind of center you. So this is from the Jacobin online magazine and it's an interview with Saeed Hussein and they write, I think that's something we shouldn't shy away from. The reality that there is a domestic constituency for a very forceful exercise of state power, conservative, some would even say fascist forms of state power. 
and this is from the article, Nigeria and SARS protests aren't just opposing police brutality, they're opposing neoliberalism. I guess what's what's kind of been the theme these last couple of years has been like the fight against neoliberal power structures isn't just, it's not just, I don't wanna say black and white, but it's layered. Like mm -hmm. state power is really about control of the body, control of the oh, female body, mm -hmm. control of the female body, mm -hmm. control of the queer body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we won't be free until all of us are free. So. Yeah, I, yeah. So thank you for saying that. <laughs> thank you for saying that. Like, I don't even want to repeat it. Thank you for saying it. Thank you for saying it. Yeah, I guess back, back to this whole state power thing. It is very layered. It is something that like has to be fought at different levels and the like need for state power to um, have like military force behind it is something that I think uh, I've noticed in my own study of like black countries, <clears throat> in my study of black countries. Um, but also I've seen like that paralleled in, you know, the US in European powers, right? In, in European countries as well. So it's this interesting thing that I see militarized masculinity as like a core part of, of colonialism as a core tool of it, as a core part of that like whole vehicle. There's, you know, there's stories and there's, there's like stories of instances uh, in the colonial period where like, it was basically said that like to make sure that people are in line with our culture of white psychosis, we need to use militarized force. Like it is, it is the only way to do it. And, and like the reason that this is such a masculine thing um, is because it ends up, it just takes everything over, right? Mm -hmm. It seeps into every single part of the society, which is what you brought up, like control over every single part yeah. of the society. I was I was going to write like a mini thesis on gendered violence in Namibia, and the big thing about the first ever president of Free Namibia, he basically had like a, a war on homosexuality, like as like his one of his first policies, and just the fact that like homosexual like he believed that homosexuality wasn't African like it was imported from Europe and then just having having gender inequality like sexualized inequality become a tool of oppression or become a tool of oppression and also be like packaged as anti-colonialism it's right. such a dangerous way to go down very dangerous and I think just seeing all the protests in Nigeria kind of makes you question what is actually the role of the police not in not just in Nigeria pretty much everywhere just like what is the role of the police mm -hmm. and who are they really there to protect exactly uh, and what does protection even mean and what does right. security even mean who is secure it's even crazier that these police forces are such spaces of insecurity you know what I mean like you can't you know you can't like spew out 
things that are going to make people insecure if that's not what's inside basically you know I, you know like sort of like metaphysics whatever but like what I'm trying to say is that like police forces in these countries, specifically the Nigerian police force has been compared to the Kenyan police force, the Ugandan police force. Um, all these police forces are basically considered like the worst police forces in the world. <laughs> and that's so under wraps. Um, but the reason that I'm bringing this up is because in this conversation about militarized masculinity, what's so not noticed is the fact that these police men are being brought up in academies that are basically like built to make them like make them comply with hegemonic masculinity and the tool that they use to do that is abuse in every single way spiritual physical sexual mental emotional I feel like looking at the layers really reveals all the ways in which that like like something like the micro history of a police force and like in, in it's just in its basicness can explain a lot of reasons for violence and insecurity in an entire state. And I'm really happy that mm. you brought up the like Namibia. Have you read the rainbow project? No, but you gave that, you gave that to me as a reading. Yeah. So read that. I think that you would really love it. It, it just, yeah, I mean, it definitely explains exactly what we were talking about. Like the president is super homophobic, super transphobic. And it's, I mean, it's, it all ties in with this patriarchal terrorism, which is what you were saying. <laughs> like, Speaking of patriarchal terrorism, mm -hmm. how have you, how have you been coping during these times? Just as a human being. Well, patriarchal terrorism and I are friends. Yeah, we are buddies. Okay, that's my buddy. All right, like me, me and this body and patriarchal terrorism, like we're very, we know each other. Like we know each other to the core. So I guess what I can say is for a really long time, I didn't know how to cope with patriarchal terrorism. And the ways that I did cope actually continued to reify that terrorism. Um, and it was a very like hypocritical space. Um, so recently I've been trying to find new ways of coping. Um, <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I guess what I can say is how do I cope? I take a lot of baths. Literally, I take a lot of baths. I just, I keep talking about this because it's so important to me. Cause I feel like we as people were like, we're just, we're made of water. This earth is made of water. Um, it doesn't really make sense for me to like not be in that space at least, at least once every other day. Um, and so it's been really nice to just kind of soak. Um, but yeah, I mean, I talk about this regularly. My therapist is my go-to, like I'm so, so privileged. Um, and in my position of privilege, I continuously hold up and push up therapy as like a coping mechanism and group therapy as a coping mechanism. My group therapy has literally become such a core um, piece of my like recovery. <laughs> so yeah, it's just been great. How about you? How have you been coping? 
Well, for me, I used to really run away from my emotions. Lately, I kind of, I kind of have just been letting myself cry if I need to, and like a good, like loud cry. I've been trying to stop myself whenever I hear myself doing like negative self-talk, especially towards my body. And I'm just like, hold on, like this is the body that gets you up these hills every day. So oh. you need to respect it. Yeah. Yeah. What have you noticed that you've needed recently? That's something that you didn't even realize you needed. That's a good question. I feel like definitely been craving like human connection well obviously who isn't but like in a way that isn't toxic to my well-being like just genuine I care about you Mm -hmm. situation well I care about you (laughs) care about you too (laughs) (laughs) and I've been learning to set boundaries and set standards because standards protect you I yeah I've also been learning how to protect myself (sighs) like not even in a physical sense like I'm definitely trying to like sign up for like kickboxing or something like that that would be so powerful (laughs) um but also like realizing that like my energy is my own and I get to do whatever I want with it and I can set standards and I think standards are so important because if you set a standard, then it's like, you can always look back at it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I've also been listening to a lot of music. So what did you think of Good News? The Good News album? I loved it. I've also been listening to a lot of music. And I loved this album. It was, it was, it came just at the right moment for me in my music discovery. All of the features on there are really great. Um, like Little Dirk, City Girl, The uh, Baby, Motherfucking SZA. Megan was really out here working. <laughs> he really was like during a pandemic. <laughs> How many projects has she put out in 2020? I feel like she just doesn't stop. She doesn't, like, she doesn't. And I think that's so important to my relationship with her as a fan, feeling like she's really here with me. (laughs) And she's like really experiencing like the same dimensional timeline as me, you know? She really is. (laughs) She really is. Like, I remember (laughs) when she was talking about Hot Girl Summer, Hot Girl Summer, and it was right before the summer hit. And like, that was kind of, the wave I was on emotionally. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. No girl, fall. Like I heard her say that too. And I tried it. I was like, yeah, huh? <laughs> Didn't work too all the way, but. <laughs> Hot girl semester. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, she's here for us. She's like, she's like the, she's like the big cousin that you look up to that actually like actually spills the tea about growing up you know and I think another thing I have to say this everybody hates on black women and I know people probably hate this album for whatever fucking reason um but literally go somewhere else um this party is only for Meg the Stallion fans 
we're not interested in anybody that's not interested in her um period yeah I will fight for her I really would um and also where would we be without the women that made rap like its own genre like I don't know yeah (laughs) Queen Queen Latifah Missy Elliott Eve Nicki Minaj Come on. Lil' Kim. Foxy Brown. Foxy Brown. That shit. That shit hits. Okay. I just recently discovered her. So happy about that. Yeah. There's a lot of new people out here changing the game. So have you heard of Ivorian Doll? Oh, that sounds so familiar, dude. You probably heard her song Rumors. I've been listening to that on repeat all day um i don't know if i'm pronouncing her name right but amare she's like an indie yes i know her you know her i love her city girls i've been listening to their latest album and sizzle obviously Mm. yeah i've been listening to a lot of jazz um jazz is like so good for my emotions um and my body like fuck that shit is so good like so I'm not even gonna like bother you with all of the like obscure names I've also been listening to a lot of Shaka Khan Mm. um my baby Jasmine Sullivan okay and all of her new fucking singles found out oh my god do you know who Fatima is that sounds familiar such a great artist. Um, just discovered her as well. I think I think she uses she series. Um, obviously, I've been listening to Fantasia. I've just been trying to listen to more Black women because I realized a lot of the music I used to listen to, like, was not empowering for anybody that looks or sounds like me. So I changed it. <laughs> Drake used to be one of my top listen to artists. Like, I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> Don't get me started about Jaden Smith. Like, me and that boy. <laughs> the tumultuous relationship. <laughs> yeah. But music is great. Lala Hathaway is really great. But I could talk about music forever. But yeah, Megan's the, the best. And hoping that her recovery is, is going well. Yeah, I'm hoping that she's well. But yeah, give the girls their flowers while they're here. Period. Um, and I feel like she just helps me like navigate these tumultuous ass relationships, the clownery of yeah. dating apps. Yeah, the clownery for sure. Like, what was that one song? Um, fuck, why am I <laughs> I love her. Was it Cry Baby? I don't know which one it was, but I fucking heard that shit. And I was like, oh my goodness. Um, it's like, I'm gonna make this every bad bitch song. <laughs> I don't remember which one it is, but she says that. Um, and she's like, why are you trying to do a bad bitch wrong? And it's just like, when, mm. you know, like that lyric uh, speaks volumes. <laughs> Poetry. And I'm not even playing like poetry. Yeah, snap, bitch. Like fuck. 
she writes all her music and she just like is just down to earth and she's an Aquarius and I love her. Oh, okay. How long can we talk about Meg the Stallion? <laughs> probably forever, um, but we should probably move on to cuffing season. We're right in the middle of it. I feel like these are the final draft picks right here. <laughs> like, <laughs> how is cuffing season in California? What would you call it? Oh, uh, I would call it dry. <laughs> and that's not just because of the fires. Uh, oh my God. Our California is huge. <laughs> so I live in the northern part and <laughs> I just don't even know how else to say this. I'm just gonna like read what I wrote. I it, it's dry. It's dry. If you look like me and you sound like me, there's not a lot of you here. Uh, it's very white here. Um, a, a recent phrase I learned was <laughs> from Toni Morrison. Not Toni Morrison. No, wait. From Maya Angelou was Poe white people. There's a lot of Poe white people here. It's very Poe white people energy. Um, People are not wearing masks. People are, bars are open. People are not wearing masks. I'm dating myself. Sorry, I answered your question. <laughs> That's it. Um, as for Boston, like Boston isn't for me. <laughs> I've, I've given up on finding a relationship here. Like, I don't know how to describe Boston. Boston is like, you've got the hood dudes that like have never left Mattapan, have no intention of leaving Mattapan. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say Mattapan. Just waiting for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you've got like the investment bankers, the consultants, the like old money rich white dudes oh my god <laughs> the niggas that I was trying to have uh give me money on motherfucking like like be my sugar daddy like <laughs> sorry I just fucking snorted excuse me um related note like I was I was low-key trying to date someone like that um he was white and he calls me and he was like you know, I just really love women of color. Like, <laughs> he was like, it's, you know, your lips, your curves. Hang up. I had to. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's the shit that you'll get from them for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, ain't, ain't no, ain't no problem if you're gonna give me the coin. But if you're not gonna give me the coin, then Miss, how do we get to that conversation? Um, really though. But cuffing season is a mess. Um, <laughs> it's hard to date when you're black. It's hard <laughs> to date when you have a vagina. It's hard to date 
when you have kinky hair, it's hard to date when you have an ass and hips. It's hard to date when you have big tits. Um, it's hard to date. <laughs> yeah. It's always been hard to date for me. Uh, and I don't think that's ever going to change, like, no matter where I am. And I know people love Atlanta, but... No. I heard... <laughs> Like, I would live there, but I heard that's not where you find a man. Apparently, it's a lot of, like, there's just, like, a lot of queer Black people there. Mm. Okay. There's a lot of queer Black people in New Orleans, and I love those spaces. Okay. But, I was thinking heterosexual, <laughs> straight oh. male. Yeah, that's, that's definitely not the place of, I mean, where do you find that? Anyway, like, where can you find a man? True. <laughs> where can you find a man? <laughs> questions yeah. I ask myself um yeah it's hard it's also hard to date when you like oh it's hard to date when you're questioning your gender mm. <laughs> so I literally have just like and you had said this earlier like you swear off you swore no like casual relationships in 2020 mm-hmm. and recently I've also like I just I'm on that same I feel that like I really resonate with that energy just because I feel like for me I feel like growing up, I learned to know myself in my relationship, my romantic relationships or in my relationships that had something to do with like sex or um, that were sexual or anything like that. And that's how I learned myself. Mm -hmm. And so it's imperative for me right now to just be like on my own. And it's, it's not like, it's not bittersweet. It's very sweet. Um, it's very sweet. It's like just me and my plants. It's really nice. It's really nice. <laughs> like it would be nice to have a physical relationship with someone, but not with all the trauma that comes with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a a good toy. You're all set, pretty much. No, yeah. I need to get a toy. I've been thinking about toys for like a year now, but I've been too scared. <laughs> Um, I'm just like, you know, it's been me in my hands for so long. Um, <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a baby queer too. So I'm just scared. Like I know in 10 years, I will be so much more well-versed in the toy world, but I'm taking my time. <laughs> oh gosh. This is also another thing that maybe I can talk about. This has nothing to do with cuffing. Actually, it does have to do with cuffing. I think also back to the whole point of like me learning myself in my relationships with other people, like growing in my own sexuality and growing in my own gender expression and gender identity. I feel like literally all of the times that I've like, fuck, I just lost my thought. (laughs) Every single time I say gender, I like blank out. Yeah. So like in my past relationships, that's how I've learned myself. Right. And so getting more comfortable in my gender expression and gender identity now I've noticed that like in those relationships I prescribe to all of these like um unenforced uh like officially unofficially enforced uh timelines about like sexual identity you know if you've done these things with a partner then you're ready for this type shit like and I feel like just like being by myself, I've really been able to just be like, fuck that. Like, these are my standards. 
this is what I want and this is what I want to go grow towards and how I want to grow towards it and that like really has nothing to do with anybody that I'm even in a romantic relationship with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've definitely like heard myself say like I'm not ready and like respecting that so that's a big old step rather than just like doing things just to get it over with or just to like also do you believe in love at first sight oh that is a good question I I do believe in love at first sight um and maybe it's just because I'm romantic or whatever um but I do I think that there's different types of love mm-hmm. I mean the mother the love between a mother and their child that is love at first sight period boom slash mic drop <laughs> do you believe in love at first sight I definitely feel like you can have like an intense chemistry between two people I've experienced it but the times I did <laughs> it never ended well mm. so maybe that's what's jading me but I definitely believe mm. like some people just like they go well together mm. yeah yeah maybe the last time you just weren't ready for it maybe maybe well uh as per usual we have our <laughs> yearly reading <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> okay. So this is an excerpt from the four agreements. You know, don't at me for reading it, but it's a good book. So here we go. If someone is not treating you with love and respect, it is a gift if they walk away from you. If that person doesn't walk away, you will surely endure many years of suffering with him or her. Walking away may hurt for a while, but your your heart will eventually heal. Then you can choose what you really want. You will find that you don't need to trust others as much as you need to trust yourself to make the right choices. Thank you. That was good. I'm so smiley right now. (laughs) I just feel like, wow. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) All right. I feel like these conversations, you know, whenever we do get around to having them, Mm -hmm. they always energize me. And, you know, thank you to everyone who stuck with us. Absolutely. They definitely energize me as well. Yeah. And thank you for having these conversations with me. Thank you for having these conversations with me too. It definitely has energized me made a huge impact on my life so bye bye everybody see you next fall (laughs) right (laughs) bye